Mary Maria Sprout. 15 seconds to curtains, you three. Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. Hi, welcome to the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Uh, Welcome back. Our final episode in Jim Henson June. Very happy to be here. Hi, I'm Bye. Uh, Hi, I'm a lesbian. And and beep, beep, look out. It's a pedestrian. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Look out. (laughs) Um, Hey, I'm Ace. And I'm that person in that poor, poor place about to be ran over. Oh, no. No, (laughs) Sprout, look out. You're the pedestrian. (laughs) Awesome. Let's get started with our top of the show Muppet News Stories. First being that last week, Saturday, was Bill Beretta's 57th birthday. So, happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We love that for you. Our next and our second bit of news is that the Jim Henson Company and Storybridge Films announced a new fantasy adventure comedy feature now in production. Uh, it's called The Portable Door, and it's adapted from a Tom Holt series. And it will star Sam Neill, Christoph Waltz, and Patrick Gibson. I am not familiar with this series, but I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, me too. I don't know a lot about the series, so it'll be fun. Yeah. It's described as a tale of magic, middle management, and strange goings-on at a mysterious corporation that is not what it seems. Sounds fitting for the company. Perfect. And on our next bit of news, uh, we finally saw Miss Piggy on Drag Race. Uh, The the full episode she's featured on is free on YouTube on Paramount Paramount Plus' YouTube channel, so you're free to check it out. But wow, is that uh, a very short appearance by Miss Piggy. It was so disappointing. She was, okay, she was in the background during the call-out scene, and then there was, like, a phone call between her and RuPaul, and that was it. She wasn't even a, a judge, and that's that upsets me. Sad about that. It could have been such a good judge. Honestly. She deserved more. It's Miss Piggy. She deserved more. She deserved to, to come out there with new outfits. I, exactly. All I can say is I'm glad that Eric could get the coin. Yeah. Very Eric, happy for Eric. I'm so glad he got paid for this. It's what he deserves. But I had to think about it. Maybe the setup would be hard with Eric and the monitor. And then I realized, no, he's done this before. He's been holding his arm up for longer during press runs for Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's literally talked about how he's like worked inside of a couch multiple times. Like, yeah. No. This would be nothing for him. If the people on the, in the crew want to give him some comfortable accommodations, just give him a cushion or something. He'd appreciate it. Give him that lounge chair that they use to roll around, the dolly that has the back. Just let mm. him sit on that. Ooh. Looks like it's really good for your back. It is very good for your back. Also, I thought, okay, maybe it's because Eric, he doesn't know a lot about drag. And then I, real- then I thought back to some previous Drag Race judges, and I don't watch Drag Race. But I don't think a lot of those guest judges knew a lot about drag, or they just don't come from that world of drag, but I could be very wrong. So what what would be wrong with Eric tossing his hat into the ring? You think your mortal enemy Colin Jost and his wife know anything about drag? Colin knows nothing about drag. No. 
He's the, the, the straightest white boy you've ever met in your life, and he knows nothing about drag. Why is he there? Miss Piggy deserves better. Does. I was watching an interview with Eric where he talked about, like, Piggy being a drag act. It's not, like, it's out of the realm of Eric. <laughs> yeah. Other top of the news story. Yeah. We finally got to hear of Barbra Streisand's duet with Jim's Kermit for our Rainbow Connection. And that came out, uh, we record these on Friday. That came out earlier today, and I sobbed while listening to it. Yeah. And it, I know parasocial relationship bad, but like I, I formed a parasocial relationship with a dead man. I have to deal with this. I mean, there's a difference between parasocial relationships with actual people and parasocial relationships with characters. So, like, yeah. with Kermit, to me, a parasocial relationship is okay because I know that this is a puppet and he doesn't love me. Like, there's a difference between being like, I know Jim and, like, I know Kermit because one is a character and one was a real human man. Excuse me. I know Jim Henson. Thank you very much. I mean, we do know him, but we we were not personal friends. No, I before I was born, I was hanging out at his house, and he showed me Kermit, and it was great. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's your parasocial. Yeah. Well, Got it. Jim Henson likes to um, like kind of like possess my body, and sometimes my tweets are his worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. I'm joking. Yeah, this is all. These, you're joking. This is all jokes. No, it. All seriousness. Hearing Jim's Kermit again in audio, I haven't heard before. Yeah. It made me sob, yeah, and I, I can understand why some people might feel like this is very exploitative from Austrian's end because audio on her end was clearly a lot newer than the audio on Jim's end. I can definitely tell why some people would think that, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's been I it's it's been like thirty years since we've gotten new Jim Henson content, and just hearing his voice again, yeah, it 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 it's it's powerful, it's effective. Yeah, I'm probably falling for like exploitation or whatever, but you know what? At the end of the day, we got new content. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. I haven't listened to it yet because I know when I do, I'm going to get very, very sad and emotional. And I don't want to put myself through that right now because I'm already very sad and emotional. <laughs> Feel it. Speaking of sad and emotional, what's the topic for the final week of Jim Henson June, Maria? The final topic for our month long Jim Henson June celebration is um, Richard Hunt appreciation. It's going to be long, longer than an hour, but for now, we'll call it an hour. <laughs> we, we are going to talk about Richard Hunt and all of uh, his work and his life outside of Muppets and um, how funny and hilarious and kind and smart he was. Yeah. Yes. So um, sh shall we begin? Is there any other news that we should get into? I think I covered all of it. Peter's birthdays this upcoming week. Kermit's yeah. got that rainbow connection thing in, two, yeah. in a few days. So that's, they call it the rainbow connection thing. It's actually a pride celebration. We don't know what he'll be singing. I'm assuming it's going to be rainbow connection for gay people. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, just in case you didn't listen to last episode, uh, it, when we had our news at the top of the episode, um, Kermit on the 27th will be part of a, a Disney Pride event thing. And all of us are like, yeah, he's going to sing Rainbow Connection, obviously. Part of me is kind of hoping for like maybe Being Green, because I don't know if we've heard Matt's version of Being Green yet. I don't yeah. know. Um, it It all depends. Plot twist, he sings Happy Feet. He's definitely going to sing Happy Feet. Listen, Matt's Happy Feet during the uh, Muppets Take the O2 was fantastic. He did great. I listened to it, and it sounds so close to Jim's. I, yeah. it, it drives me insane. Say what you want about his talking voice. His singing voice sounds so close to Jim's. He is great. I really love Matt's version of Rainbow Connection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he can sing it a million times. I still love it every time. Yeah. He did a great job. Okay, this is not Matt Vogel Appreciation Hour. <laughs> we just really love puppeteers. We just love yeah. puppeteers. Uh, this is Richard Hunt Appreciation Hour. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, the icon. L- let's get into it. Um, yes, Hunt please. was born in, in New York City, and he was the second of five children, and he was the first of two sons. And then the family moved to New Jersey a few years later. Uh, and you could tell because he has a very thick New Jersey accent <laughs> Does. that that comes out, especially during like uh, with like Scooter. It's like, yeah, it's, that's that's yeah. heavily like New that's New Jersey, Jersey, New York. Um, all of his family uh, were in entertainment in some way or another, and so he, so he just assumed he was going to be in uh, show business somehow, mm. and. <laughs> There are a few stories from his uh, mother, Jane, that she told um, in in an interview on Tough Picks that I want to recount because they're so cute. They Um, are. Whenever he was a kid, he was about four, he fell and knocked out uh, his two front teeth. So he he had a really hard time uh, talking. And um, when Richard was uh, about five or six, they were at uh, Howdy Doody. And Richard's sister, Kate, had been chosen for the crowd of children to sit in the peanut gallery. Richard was sitting in the audience as well, and all of us parents were taken back to a little viewing studio to watch the live show go on. It was live then. Nobody had tape shows. The host, Bob Smith, was getting up and guided them to the end of the show. Richard came down to center, tugged on Bob Smith's coat, and said, I'm a magician, and I want to do a rick. He had no teeth in the front from his fall. I want to do a magic rick instead of trick and bob smith said well i don't think we have time but richard took out uh from his pocket and he started doing the trick and i was sitting there with all these parents like oh my god what is he doing he's doing this trick and it's something with with uh, a bunch of bouncy balls and he says uh he didn't say voila uh, voila uh what else did they say something very cute and he completed the trick right as uh the show went to black that's I love that. That is adorable. Precious. He was just born to be a star. He yeah. really was. And um, in high school, he, he was a secondary lead in a production of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And um, the, the characters sing a song in the men's uh, room with a chorus. And they're all doing it in front of mirrors. And they're doing their hair and they're straightening ties. 
And all of a sudden, we see Richard pull out of his pocket a razor and a spray can of shaving cream. And he's singing, and he shaved himself, and then he puts cologne all over himself, and the place was falling apart. The other kids were washing their hands, not knowing what the hell was going on. So he was born an upstager. Yeah. He was born to be on the Muppets. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> yes. Um, and he, uh, in, in middle school and high school, he would put on puppet shows for, for uh, local children. And he was a fan of the Muppets from a very young age. And he'd later say that he'd drop anything to watch them. Because I thought they were weird. <laughs> Which, yeah, they are. Yeah. They are pretty Yeah, weird. that's me, though. Yeah. Um, after high school, um, it, and he did a four-month stint uh, doing weather reports at a local radio station. And the thing about it, you know, whenever you're talking about the weather, usually you have you'd read it off like papers or, or you know, now like a teleprompter or whatever. The man would open a window, and he would stick his head out of the window with a microphone. <laughs> and he would t say what he would say what he saw richard like there's I, there's a photograph i remember seeing of like it was pouring down rain he, he was he his like hair is matted to his forehead and he's still just calmly talking about like it's raining today like what i love, <laughs> I love him <laughs> love him oh my god it's he he wouldn't he wouldn't be like yes i need the papers i need to know what's going on he'd just be like it's cloudy he'd just look what was happening that's so funny oh, he's hilarious him. he knew what the people needed yes <laughs> um live oh. breaking news mm -hmm. and um he cold called henson uh, associations that's what they were called at the time uh mm -hmm and asked if they were hiring puppeteers and surprisingly they were auditioning people that day so so richard went down to 67th street and he was ushered into the room and there was uh frank jim and jerry and a box full of puppets and he, he later said they threw a puppet at me and said sit down it was incredible we just talked all we just all talked together we knew right away we had the same sense of humor and i think they liked me which is really sweet i just need to make a comment that that is just kind of like when you talk to like your grandparents or your parents for like job advice that is exactly <laughs> what they tell you to do and usually in <laughs> 2021 that usually is not the case but i just that's all i think of it doesn't work anymore sadly um but also another person that that got hired along with uh richard hunt during that audition process was Fran Brill. Oh, it worked. Yeah, and they their first project was the Great Santa Claus Switch in, in 1970, and then he uh, both of them were later invited to uh, workshop productions, and um, uh, Fran was so good they're like, okay, put her on Sesame, and then with Richard, uh, Jim was like, okay. We like you. Let's do um, like different Muppet appearances on like talk shows. So uh, he worked on the Ed Sullivan show. And then uh, he in 1972, he was hired full time for Sesame Street. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Love that. 
and uh, for a while he he performed background characters um and one of his first major performances was and i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing this name wrong i am bad at reading uh tem Taminella Grinderfall from the Frog Prince. Aminella. Aminella, yeah. My yeah. tant Aminella. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh that that was uh, his like first major performance. Uh he he was puppeteering the character and Jerry Jewel was performing the voice. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just have to praise the Frog Prince for a second cuz that is one of my favorite Jim Henson things ever is nice. his Frog Prince. It's adorable. I always thought he was Aunt Tamanella before I realized that Jerry Jewell had done the voice. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I was right all along. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, watch The Frog yes. Prince if you can. It's so good. <laughs> I love yes. it. Watch The Frog Prince. It's great. Uh, he, he also uh, performed uh, Mildred and Big Mouse in The Muppet Valentine Show. I love his performance of, of Mildred on um, the Muppet Valentine show, the, I forgot what song she sings, but she sings a song at, at the piano and it's so good. And it's, you can really get some of Richard's vocals there that I love. He had a great voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also performed uh, Wiss on SNL and Charlie Muskrat in Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Both really great. Both good characters. Yeah, uh, he worked on Sesame Street as a background performer. He he was assisting other characters, you know, right-handing, and he performed the back of Mr. Snuffleupagus for a while. Um, And then he gradually became one of the main performers. He performed Sully and Gladys the Cow, Don Music, and Forgetful Jones. And he appeared uh as a person not as a puppet multiple times in cameos on sesame street but also as cedric the bird watcher uh, (laughs) along with madeline khan in episode uh 1576 which i you can buy because i i have it and it's such a good episode yes and i love madeline khan richard has this very funny voice that he does that's kind of just like this it's so fun that's that's just richard's voice yeah. and and madeline just sounds the same but it's it's very good you can work with that she's i love madeline khan she's she madeline ever she wants forever mm-hmm. i also like just want to ask who is everybody's favorite uh richard hunt sesame street character because mine is uh don music uh solely same. because mm-hmm. I used to, uh, no, when I was in Spanish class in middle school, whenever, like, a kid, I get very irritated very easily. I yes. don't like this part about myself, but whenever, like, kid, a kid would say something stupid or, like, like you know, something like that, because, you know, for middle school kids, people do stuff like that. I would literally just bang my head on the desk. Oh, I was no. so annoyed. And my Spanish teacher once went, what are you doing? And then she compared me to, got, to um, Don Music from Sesame Street, because oh. I would do that. Oh no. Are you okay? As okay as I can be. <laughs> um I I love all of his characters because and maybe it's not that the main Sesame Street I guess it's cuz the main Sesame Street characters they're all very sweet and nice and a lot of Richard Sesame Street characters have like an edge to them that I really like. Like um uh I love Gladys. She's so fun. Uh Sully. She's very sassy. Sully has this edge to him that there's so much going on and he never says a word. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I, and I love Forgetful Jones. That's another fantastic character. Um, and, um, oh, I forgot the character's name. He's a flamingo and he's based on a real actor. Oh, I know who you're talking about too. Oh, it's yeah. Flamingo. It was, uh, based on uh, the famous ten tenor, um, Asiro Domingo. I am probably butchering that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Placito. Uh, Placito um, Flamingo. Cito. Yeah, and there's a story where um, he actually met Richard, and he would, uh, and how he said Richard's name was uh, Richard, with like two E's instead of an I, and then later his mom, Jane Hunt, uh, saw him and goes, oh, I'm, I'm Richard Hunt's mom, and he'd go, oh, Richard, Richard, and then he gave her a big hug. Aww. Yeah. It's very um, sweet. Yeah. I think that just kind of shows the impact Richard had on everybody he met. He yeah. was like friends with everyone. He was. He he served as mentor to, to all of the new puppeteers. He he would train them. He would haze them to initiate them into the group. He would prank them. There is a famous prank where there was a fog machine and a, a bubble machine in the hallway of of um of Sesame Workshop. And, oh, I can't remember which character it was, but it was a full body character without a head. And Richard would scare people in that hallway <laughs> with with that. Oh, no. Yeah, there's a story that it. Kevin Clash told one time where uh, he was, like, crawling down on the floor, like, army man style. <laughs> um to scare all these new puppeteers. There, there's a whole bunch of <laughs> stories of him uh, scaring puppeteers. But after that, uh, he would always take those new puppeteers to lunch or dinner, uh, as well as anyone else that wanted to come along, and he would pay for it. Also, just a quick note, Richard had impeccable taste in food. Uh, Jerry Nelson's talked about this in, in interviews in the past. He'd always talk about how Richard always knew like the best places to get everything. He had just impeccable taste. Mm -hmm. There's oh, I can't remember who it was, but there was a story of um, Richard and this guy that he went to dinner with, and it was like a really high class, fancy, fancy restaurant. And the guy, when the check came, the guy picked it up, and then Richard picked it up at the same time, and they started like both pulling at the at the check and then they started fighting over it like legitimately fighting over it like they ended up on the floor and the major d oh. had to come over and be like stop what are you two doing i just want to say as a as a as a former waitress i've actually had to deal with tables like that before oh no well with, with uh richard it like it was a bit it was a joke it wasn't actually fighting um but still, that's very funny to think about. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, also, another thing, a, a very funny thing about Richard, he would read the newspaper as he was performing characters and like doing character lines and reading. There's tons of pictures of, of Richard either performing or like in Sweetums as he's reading a newspaper. How do you do? You're already, okay, you're perform. you're lip syncing, you're keeping eye focus. Uh, you're doing lip flaps. <laughs> you you're talking in a character voice. You're reading off lines. You're looking at a monitor that is flipped backwards, and you're acting, and you're reading a newspaper. 
You're insane. I mean, Mad lad. you're so good at your job, you can just multitask like that. That's crazy. Wild. <laughs> yes. Uh, is there any Sesame Street stories or, or um, songs or, or anything of Richard's that either of you guys want to br- bring up before we move on? I love, there is an album called The Count Counts. And it's one of my mm. favorites because all of the... I don't remember the company that made them, but all the numbered animations like 10 Turtles and uh, Martian, the number nine Martian, all those songs were on the album, but they were re-sung by Jerry Nelson, Jim Henson, and Richard Hunt. And it's just so cool to have an album of just them singing in their natural singing voices. Like, I know Jerry did music on the side as well, but... Having like the songs oh, I gotta really listen cool. To that. It's so good. I, I can yeah. send them to you later. Please do. I need that in my life. I really do. It's so good. I don't have really anything else to add in terms of Sesame Street. But... I was watching an old episode of Below the Frame and um, mm-hmm. they were singing um, Billy Man Kelly and um, mm-hmm. they were talking about how Richard just magically became friends with him when he came to perform that song on Sesame Street because they were from the same area and everyone was just like, what? Aww. He was just so magnetic with people. I love it. really was. Um, I, I also, he appeared uh, on Sesame Street multiple times at cameos that I wanted to bring up mm. uh, and how different he looked for each cameo. So uh, on Sesame Street episode uh 846 he was a a patron at hooper's store and he had a very thick mustache and then uh, on episode uh 08 uh, 54 he was a trash man again very thick thick mustache and then episode uh 09 30 he was a bus driver he had no mustache and he his hair was shorter that sounds like a crime (laughs) uh uh and then episode uh 1148 he was a limo driver again no mustache but his hair was a bit longer so he went from bus driver to well he went from trash man to bus driver to limo driver so that's good oh it's it's nice to see someone moving up in the world it really is yeah uh in episode 1262 he was nick uh redfield which was like a private eye and he had a another mustache but it was different from the trash man mustache it wasn't as thick it was very tiny richard hunt needs more mustaches true episode uh 1655 he had an even thinner mustache and he was a phone company man and he had very very short hair and um and then episode 1576 he was cedric the the bird watcher with his very uh funny fake british accent and he had a very full mustache but you could tell it wasn't his actual mustache that he grew like the other performances it was like a fake mustache (laughs) still counts it still counts it's still a win yeah and then um on sesame street episode 1789 he was a medic who was talking to oscar and um he, he was much older than his hairline was was a bit receding and he had no mustache and then um, oh. episode uh, 2738, uh, which was one of his last uh, seasons with Sesame Street, uh, he was a worm uh, paramedic and he had no mustache. I love that. 
Why didn't he have a mustache? I don't I don't know. I'm asking the real questions here. There was an episode, and I don't remember the number for the life of me, but mm-hmm. there was a famous director played by Jerry Nelson coming to film in Sesame Street, and he wanted to film in Hooper's, and his main actor was Richard. I love that. Oh, and it was nice. so good. The whole act is so just sweet. Richard walking through Hooper's and then exiting, and that was it. <laughs> That's so sweet. That. Did he it have a mustache, so though? I don't think he did. He had like a trench coat because he was supposed to be like look like a detective. So he had this huge trench coat with the the neck collar turned up and a hat. Even, was that a little disappointed uh, he didn't have a mustache? Was that uh uh Chris? I don't know. It it was uh, or not Chris? Sorry, Nick Redfield. He he had a, a trench coat and a hat. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up so we can corroborate. Yes, it is. Mr. Hooper allows his store to be a location for a movie. Yeah, well, Jerry Nelson's also in that episode, and it's great. Yes. I love that. I love Jerry. Nice. For all, who don't, for all of you who don't know, Jerry Nelson is my favorite Muppet performer. I am biased. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Richard Hunt is mine, so I'm biased. This is, a very bi- this is a very biased podcast. We don't pretend like we're not. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into the Muppet show? Yeah. Oh, yes. So uh, Richard was one of the main performers on The Muppet Show. And uh, his main character was Scooter. He also performed fan favorites such as Beaker, Statler, Janice, and Sweetums. And for the first season, he shared the role of Miss Piggy with Frank Oz because Frank didn't like his singing voice and thought that Richard had a better singing voice than him. Uh, But after the first season, Piggy became Oz's character and, and Richard no longer performed her but i am thinking in like an alternate universe where piggy became richard's character instead of frank and i'm thinking like how would she be different and would would if she would she have stayed around as long as piggy has yeah i think she could have stayed around but i don't think she would miss piggy would have become the icon she is today Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things that made miss piggy an icon is uh, Frank's characterization of Miss Piggy, which is something I think Frank really succeeded at. I think that was yeah, one of the. I think that it. was one of Frank's best talents as a as a performer and like a creative as, in general. And yeah. because one of the things that I think made Piggy as unique as she was is that she has this violent edge, and that is completely yeah. thanks to Frank. And yeah. so I can see kind of made Miss Piggy kind of like this she had which made her a lot cooler to like women and like everyone mm-hmm. and I don't know if that would have stayed with Richard as a performer I I don't know if she would have been more because obviously she uh, would have more of a be- very beautiful singing voice and she she would have also had this very like upstaging uh, wanting feminine wiles type edge but she wouldn't have the more uh I don't want to say violent, violent, but it is violent side of her that Frank Violent, was. it's... Yeah. He, he also performed uh, Wayne with Wayne and Wanda. Uh, mm-hmm. And because of this, he, he sang tons of songs on The Muppet Show. It's the same with, like, Louise Gold, of, of how she was picked the most to sing songs because she was known for her voice. So so was he. So, so both of them were paired together a lot. We are more blessed because of it. Yes. Um, who's who's our favorite of uh, Richard's Muppet Show characters? Ooh, 
That's hard. I I have to say Janice. I love mm. Janice. I think she is, especially Richard's version of her. And I mm. think she is just so funny with Richard. Mm-hmm. We can also kind of like to think that what would have been Richard's piggy kind of overflew into Janice. And we got these two really funny characters, which yeah. is great. And they also had... Piggy and Janice have really good comedic chemistry together. Oh, yeah. That's I also... love them on Vets Hospital. For sure. Yeah. So I, when I think of, like, a character that Richard had that had really good chemistry with everyone, I have to go Janice. But I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sucker for some Sweetums. I'm a sucker for Sweetums. I adore Scooters so much. But literally all of his characters are some of my favorite characters. Yeah. With Muppet. Like, if someone's like, oh, what's your favorite character? I'm going to bring up, like, all of Richard's characters. And that's not a knock at anyone else. That's just my own oh. bias. <laughs> Again, this is a very biased podcast. It is. It is. No, I, I think my favorite Richard character is probably a Scooter as well. Yeah. I love him. And, and he, he oh, talked about how Scooter was just him when he was mm-hmm. younger, when he was 19 and cold called the Muppets. Like, hey, love that. Y- like, you need any help? I'm here. Uh, he he was stuff. known if he wasn't performing, uh, when the, if he wasn't working, he would have Scooter or, or Beaker or Janice uh, on his arm and he would just entertain people at the studio um, with, with visitors and stuff. And if there were no visitors, he would entertain his coworkers or he would just get into conversations with his coworkers, mostly Jerry Nelson, uh, just to talk, which I find so sweet and so funny. Yeah. Wait, are we going to talk about uh, Richard and Jerry's friendship? Of course. Of course I was going to bring that up. Awesome, because they, they were, they, I think they were as good as a duo as Jim and Frank were, but they got a lot less of the spotlight, which allowed them to do a lot of, like, really fun things on the side that Jim and Frank just weren't able to do at the time. And their characters always just had the best chemistry. Sweetums and Robin. Janice and Floyd. Need I say more? Yeah. I I mean, the two-headed monster. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Literally, the two-headed monster was created because they got two monster puppets and then put their arms together and made sure that they wouldn't, like, pull them apart from each other and... Uh, just playing around on set as a joke, and then um, the stu- um, the de- like puppetry designers was like, "What are you doing?" And then they would just talk as the two-headed monster, and then that became such a bit and a funny thing that the the designers were like, "Okay, let's make them a two-headed monster." Jim and Jerry were also really close. Uh, mm-hmm. They were filming one week when they had like off from filming the Muppet Show. They uh, rented a houseboat together and sailed to France. Go have lunch, yeah. go have dinner at this really nice restaurant Richard wanted to go to where it was um, $200 per plate. And that was not adjusted for, that's not adjusted for inflation. It was yeah. $200 a plate in the 70s. Yeah. That's just how he was, though. I know um, that interview with his mom she talked about how he would fully pay for the entire family to go to Hawaii, and it was like 10-plus people going. Yeah. Also, when they were first filming The Muppet Show, uh, they'd stay at this hotel. And one time, uh, Jerry and Richard were hanging out in the lobby, and the hotel manager goes up to Richard, and he goes, hey, there's some people in the back who want to meet you. 
And the manager took Richard to the back to go meet the Sex Pistols. I don't know why. But this is a thing that happened. I mean, it's Richard. He deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love that for him, but it's just like, huh. How did the manager know? How, how did the manager know who he was? Um, uh, this is what Jerry Nelson uh, recalls uh, about their relationship. Richard came into the company when he was pretty young, and I kind of took him uh, under my wing. And when he first came in, since Frank and Jim were sort of uh, a team, I was, and I was like a straight man or a foil uh, to that to work off their characters. So when Richard came in, we got to a point where we would work really well together. When one of us would go somewhere with something, the other would know what was happening and would follow. That's very, very sweet. Um, and also, um, both Jerry and Richard had characters named after them in Little Jerry and the Monotones. With, yeah. you know, Jerry being Little Jerry and then Hunt would be uh, Rockin' Richard. I have uh, one more quick note to say about uh, Jerry and Richard's friendship, and that was... Uh... Richard was, like, the Minister of Services at Jerry's second wedding, so Richard married Jerry to Jerry's second wife, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows how strong their friendship was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to bring up a story about uh, Sully and Biff, which were their, their characters on Sesame Street. And uh, Sully wasn't a speaking part and 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 biff was and hunt joked constantly that um the reason he didn't talk is because they didn't want to pay him and so that's why (laughs) and so that's why sully didn't speak Uh, and then so he he had a a, he, he worked with biff and sully uh constantly uh for years and years like, uh, for example, Biff lectures Sully that he ought to express his emotions, and, and Biff doesn't know it as Sully nods and he grimaces and he's shaking his fists and he and he's uh, banging his head against the wall. Uh, he, it, it just shows like the the different emotions that that he had, and he even uh, speaks ASL uh, with Linda, who was deaf uh, Sesame resident. Uh, which was my my time on Sesame Street. I love Linda and uh, someone who who uses ASL uh, sometimes to communicate. It, it meant a lot. Oh, he had a specific quote that was really sweet that I wanted to. Oh, uh, that was a great character because there's a lot of little kids who don't talk, who are shy. It was important for kids who didn't uh, talk to have someone to identify with. Uh, there's a bit that I once wrote where they were pushing a piano and Biff forgot the receipt. And he said, Sully, I'll go over, get it. You wait here. And he goes out and Sully plays a uh, Chopin. And Biff walks in saying, what are you doing? Playing chopsticks? You're too much. Uh, just this enormous sensitivity that no one was aware of. Uh, there was the sensitivity that drew people in. And then uh, finally, uh, the year after, they, uh, they said, okay, Sully can, can talk, finally, because we can pay you. Uh, and Hunt said, no, Sully doesn't talk now. Like that? Yeah. It's a great, it's very... That is a great story. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's very sweet, and, and I love that he did think about, like, you know, people who, who are nonverbal or, or can't yeah. speak. 
and saying you, you need someone to identify with. And that was Sully. And I think that's very, very sweet. As someone who's a child, I appreciate it. But... Yeah, it, it hits home for me. He might not have realized what he was doing in the beginning, but I think that he kind of might have picked up on it the more he was doing it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Do we want to get into Fraggle Rock? Yes. Uh, before we get into Fraggle Rock, I just want to make a quick note that I associate different movies with di- different mu- movies with different Muppet performers. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, like with Frank, I said that I associate him most with Muppets Take Manhattan. With Richard, I associate him most with Great Muppet Caper. And the reason for this is really stupid, and I know it's really stupid. And it's because of his cameo in the beginning, where he's in the taxi cab. And yeah. uh, when you watch the credits at the end... I just kind of look at the list of characters he does, and I go, wow, that's a long list of characters. And that's why I associate it with him. Oh, okay. He's very talented. Yes, he had tons and tons of characters. And I love them all. I just needed to put that in. Yeah, I was going to get into the movies later. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. No, it's fine. Jump in. Yeah, we're jumping. I I was going to do, like, TV series and then, like, movie stuff. Yeah. Right. Fraggle Rock. Let's uh, do it. Yes, Fraggle Rock. So he had two major characters. He had Junior Gorg and Gunge. And uh, he performed the uh, storyteller Fraggle before uh, Terry Angus took over later. And he was most involved during the first season. Uh, and then after that season, as background performers began to do more character uh, on the show, uh, he performed less frequently because he was spending extra time on Sesame Street. Because at that time, he was training performers. He, he became the puppet captain uh, at Sesame Street um, during Fraggle Rock years. So he was training performers and, and helping wranglers and, and all that. Um, uh, Terry Angus uh, was quoted, After the first season, Richard didn't come in as much because his characters weren't really cared for, uh, called that often. And all of us Canadians were given a chance to do characters, which gave Richard an easier time of it. Plus, he was going down to, uh, to work. New York at Sesame Street. Uh, he he also uh, assisted with auditions, and he made his directorial debut with the fifth season episode, The Honk of Honks. And he also made a cameo as himself as the director in Fraggle's Look for Jobs, which was the show's rap tape. Which you can see, you can watch on YouTube, and it's so funny. It's very meta. I love it. I, I love it. Yeah. Seeing Boober on the phone going, honey, sweetie, how you doing? Honey, how you doing? It's, it's the best. It's, it drives me to hysterics. Um, uh, who is uh, everybody's favorite uh, Richard Fraggle Rock character? Oh, Junior Gorg. Hands Junior. down. I mean, I love Gunge. I love Gunge dearly, but it's Junior, obviously. I have to say the Mud Bunny from the one Mud Bunny oh, episode. Yeah. The Mud Bunny? I, I understand completely. Yeah. The song Richard sings is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It makes me yeah. it makes me cry, and it's such a very beautiful message. And years later, hearing Richard do that performance, it, it still gets to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely so understand that. Yeah. He... Uh, also, as you mentioned, he he was uh, an on-screen cameo as the taxi driver with Kathy Mullen in The Great Muppet Caper. 
Uh, he also played the role of Wilson in Trading Places, which, uh, you know, featured Frank. I have to make a quick note that whenever we do one of these uh, puppet appreciation <laughs> hours for the older puppeteers, my one thing is I have to look up whether or not they've done an episode of The Love Boat because it was <laughs> the 70s. I have not found a single one on The Love Boat yet. Not yet. It's so funny. I know I looked this up. And then, but I feel like Trading Places has become the mu- has become the love boat for Muppet performers. Because Frank is a Frank has a cameo and so does Richard. I just need everyone to know we will start like these recordings or we'll get into a session to start recording and Mary will just go, he's not in the love boat. And it makes me laugh so hard of every he's time not, she though. I know, but you sound so defeated when you find out someone's not <laughs> on the love boat. And I love it. It's my favorite ritual of these episodes where you'll just get so upset that someone wasn't on the love boat <laughs> okay but if richard was on was on an episode of the love boat he would kill it you he know would. it yeah <laughs> um I, I feel like i have to explain what the love boat is to our younger listeners it's this yeah. really cheesy show from the 70s where they had different guest stars every episode they had to like fall in love or talk or experience love in some sort of way and it's so cheesy and it's all on a cruise ship my favorite episode is the one where it's uh betty white and carol channing oh that's, that's all i need one. to say to explain myself yeah it's so you're right you're right so good uh, uh also live action he he played the role of dell in uh jim henson's failed pilot puppet man uh, Puppet Man, you can find on YouTube. I so wish that the the show didn't fail. I wish it made through because the the pilot was so good, and also Richard's character was so good and really funny. I'm saying mm. so good a lot because my mind is blanking on adjectives, so I'm sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, but it's it it's a uh, even though it does have pitfalls of those '80s sitcoms tropes, <laughs> uh, it's. It's very funny, and and Richard shines. Is it just the pilot? Yeah, they 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 only did the the pilot. It that's how hard it failed. Mm. No, that's okay. A lot of pilots get rejected all the time. There's no shame in that. Yeah. yeah. Um. He. It was also reported that he spent over an hour entertaining the audience during the taping of the Fantastic Miss Piggy show by I himself. Love that. What an icon. We don't know what he did. It, we don't know if it was with puppets or if he was singing or, you know, comedy, whatever. But over an hour of just him. some reason, I'm just imagining him just sit, standing in the middle of the stage and his arms are just raised and he's not saying anything and the audience is just cheering and it's just <laughs> for an hour straight. I mean, you're right. It's, <laughs> it's what he deserves. Yes. Just Richard Hunt and just cheering. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he also uh, directed other stuff with Fraggle Rock, and he he directed a direct to video production of Sing Along, Dance Along, Do Along, mm-hmm. and oh uh, yeah, several Muppet inserts for Sesame Street during season seventeen. Uh, and he was accredited as segment director in Elmo's Sing Along Guessing Game and The Best of Elmo. 
And we do need to talk about Elmo and Richard because it's one of my favorite stories about Richard that I love to tell. For those of you who haven't seen the memes. Yes, <laughs> this is the explanation for it. So when Elmo was for, he was just a background uh, character. He was red and fuzzy and nobody knew who he was. And Richard did a few performances of him and he had a really gruff voice. And Richard hated this puppet so much he couldn't get a character beat down for him usually whenever he had a puppet on his arm he had a character thing for him immediately like beakers raising and lowering his head into his uh uh shirt that was like a thing that solidified beaker for him but he just couldn't get a, a beat on elmo and at one point he got so mad after a very very long day of filming it, it was like so it, like i think it was 13 14 hours of filming he grabbed elmo by the arm rods not the puppet by the arm rods he wouldn't even touch the felt of of this puppet and he walked down into the green room and he underhand threw the puppet at kevin clash and said do something with him i don't want him anymore <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's one of the only stories of Richard getting actually really, really angry. And, I love that story. And that is how Kevin Clash was given Elmo, and that's how we know him today. So good. I love that story. It's so, so, so that's, funny. That's why there's all of the memes going around on Muppet Twitter of uh, all of us being like, Richard hated Elmo. Richard <laughs> Hunt, the original Elmo anti. Yes. Well, he didn't hate Elmo. He just couldn't get a character beat for him. And he worked with, you know, Kevin's you know, Elmo and he liked it. It was just this version that he had. He was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to leave. Yeah, but it's it's funnier to imagine him as the original oh, Elmo yeah. anti. A lot funnier, like... I'm anti-Elmo. Oh, someone's going to Coos Coolsville me. Someone's going to uh, Scooby-Doo Coolsville me and, and take that out of context. And people are going to think I'm anti-Elmo. I'm not. <laughs> Someone... if, 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 if Richard was still alive today, I would have just let, I would have made him a shirt that said I'm anti-Elmo and then just have a picture of Elmo with like the circle and the cross out on. Like Mr. Yuck. It, it needs to be 80s Elmo. Uh, where well, he was done. Like Maddie and Furry. I I need to make a Mr. Yuck parody now. You do realize this, right? What? I need to make a Mr. Yuck parody, but Elmo. I love that. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, another story that I forgot to tell about um uh, the Muppet show. Sorry. Um <laughs> he uh apparently he during it was between season one and season two, like airing. Mm -hmm. uh, Richard was at a bar, and there there was a big party going on, and he was bad mouthing one of the guests, and nobody will tell us who the guest was. That's I really want to know. I desperately want to know, but he was bad mouthing one of the guests from season one. <laughs> and word got around and he got in a lot of trouble and then um executive producer david laser was like to, to jim he said you have to fire richard and uh he said that to jim and jim was like 
I don't want to. And he goes, no, you have to fire him. He's he's bad business. We have bad press because there was a bunch of bad press because some some article in the newspaper was like uh, Muppets bad mouth so and so actor, and um, so Jim brought Richard into his office, and Richard broke down crying, and Jim took him oh. into a big bear hug and didn't fire him, and uh, David Laser later said that um. Jim was a pushover, but he was glad that he didn't go through with it eventually. Mm. Yeah, and also a lot of the guests on The Muppet Show loved Richard. So many of them adored Richard. Richard was so welcoming. The majority of the guests on The Muppet Show, like, I don't, like, I'm just going to assume something about this guest who we don't know, but you have to be a really big jerk. For Richard Hunt to not like you. I'm sorry. Exactly. It's stated time and time again that Richard Hunt was a a people person and everyone loved him and he loved everyone else. So you have to be a horrible person if Richard Hunt didn't (laughs) like you. You're right. Exactly. That's. Yeah. Uh, Also, should we bring up the Rudolph Norea story? I I mean, now that you mention it, let's let's do this. Okay. So. Uh, R- Rudolf Nerea, famous uh, Russian ballet dancer, uh, w- one of the first only openly gay uh, performers uh, in, in Russia, flirted heavily with Richard during his time on The Muppet Show, and I will not repeat some of the things he said. We do know what Rudolf Nerea said, and I will not repeat mm-hmm. them for my own uh, well-being. Yeah. If you want, uh, if you want to know, you can look it up. You can look it up. Uh, it's I'm out just there. Say it, it was, it was not, it was not subtle at all. And I don't know if that was because yeah. Maria not know English very well, or if yeah, it he didn't know English language. well. Yeah. Also, um, we we don't know what Richard said, but we do know that that he he talked well of him later. So, I we don't know how he reacted. And it haunts yeah. me. I want to know. <laughs> I, I want to know. How do you react to one of the most fa- uh, like famous Russian ballet dancers in the world flirting with you? How do you? You yeah. wiggle dolls for a living. How do you react to that? <laughs> Richard was just charming. That yeah, he was so very charming. Um. Oh, there was a. If we want to get into movies there was a running joke on the muppet movie where he would specifically only direct scooter like he was pretending to be a director but only for scooter (laughs) so he would just talk to scooter like there's a a picture uh, of scooter on a i think it was like a a motorcycle or a moped or something from a deleted scene and and richard is pointing at like okay you're going this way buddy (laughs) I love that yeah. picture too. It's such a cute it's picture. Such a cute. It's so cute. Gives off the energy of like a dad teaching his son how to ride a bike. Yeah. That's the kind yeah. of energy I get from it. Yes. Um uh, speaking of scooter, there's a thing affectionately named by the fandom at large, the uh scooter fist where he would uh, like you know, great, and he'd he'd move his arm. Yes, Sprout's doing it. We're all doing it in the chat. You can't see it, 
there are two videos on YouTube called like Scooter Fist and Scooter Fist Part Two or something. You can look up and oh, yeah. you you will understand what we're talking about then. It's it's uh, nice and he does it so much during the the first three movies, and that reminded me of that for some reason and I don't know why. Uh, he had such great like um, character movement. For each character, they had specific ways of moving that, you know, you can see different puppetry styles with different puppeteers, but Richard characters had such character to them. If you didn't know it was Richard, you'd be like, oh, this is a different performer instead of this is the same guy. He's just so great at manipulating. You don't realize it's the same guy. Always gave him little different little mannerisms. Yeah. One of my favorite videos of Richard, I, I know I talked about it last week, the one of Junior being like, I want to make wavenous love to you. That video. I want to make wavenous love. Specifically after that, where they start shooting, even though he's just doing the mouthpiece, he's still like getting into it and singing. And oh, it makes yeah. me so happy. It's so cute. <laughs> I love that video so much. I think we're silently trying to put off the inevitable here. Yeah, we are. We're really... Uh, I don't want to get to it, but we have to. Um, got a box of Kleenex next to me. I'm ready. Yeah. So, um, Richard Hunt uh, had a longtime boyfriend uh, who he affectionately called his lover all the time, which I thought was very sweet. Uh, his name was Nelson. And he, Nelson, passed away in Richard's arms one night in, I think, 1987. Uh, they were alone in their apartment together. And uh, I'm already getting choked up. Ugh. Uh. <sighs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. You're all right. Um, <clears throat> he also passed away in 1992 of AIDS, HIV. Um, some of his last performances were um, Muppet Vision 3D and uh, the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson when uh, Jim also passed in, in 1990. And uh, he had a lot of performances on Sesame Street that aired posthumously. Um, he, he knew he was uh, dying before Jim passed. We, we don't know if Jim knew, but we knew a lot of the other performers did know. So he, he was stepping away from his characters as that, but he was still performing as, as best as he could, even though he was uh, slowly dying. Uh, Let me just say for the record that during the period where he was very ill, his performances were still very great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. There's a, there's a really great one of Don music that that I love watching that I can't watch because it uh, I know how you know Richard was doing then, but it's yeah. a great performance. Uh, uh, Richard w was asked to uh, be the I don't know the correct term the MC at, at Jim's funeral. I don't know if that's the right term or not. Uh, he, he was the one that held it and uh, gave speeches, and, and um, he he did great then, and he said a lot of great things. And if you want to watch that and um, listen to it, because I 
if I start quoting anything that Richard said, then I'm going to break down. Uh, so if you want to watch that, it's also on YouTube. Um, he, it's known that he knew he was dying and he invited everyone he had ever known to uh, his house and performed a gigantic uh, celebration where he performed all of his characters from uh, Muppet Show, Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, uh, and like any personal characters. He sang songs. He he did like almost stand up. It, it wasn't really stand up. He he did tons of stuff. It was just a, a celebration of, of his life. And but it was when he was alive, and it was him. And it, it's, it's very grim to think that he was at his own funeral. Yeah, he was basically at his own funeral. His family uh, knew he was gay. It, it wasn't a, a secret. He, um, he was very open about it, especially during a time when it was very scary to be open about being gay. Yeah. Um, and from the interview from his mother, she's very loving, as were all of his brothers and sisters. Um, whenever he did pass away, uh, his ashes were spread into the flower garden at the Hunt family home in New Jersey. And um, there were about eight panels uh, made uh, that were created in his honor on the Names Project AIDS quilt, um, which, if people don't know, uh, oh, I don't think I can talk about it. Um, you you can look up Names Project AIDS quilt because if I start talking about it more, I I, I am gonna have to stop recording for a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but okay, uh, one of those panels was created by the Muppet Workshop, and they had um sewn a bunch of his characters onto those and they're very very sweet um it's a beautifully done yeah and this is a quote by john stone which he was former director of sesame street and um i believe it wholeheartedly it's impossible to imagine a world without richard he came to us a wide-eyed 18 year old and grew into a master puppeteer and inspired teacher. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how, how young he was when he started out. It, like, he should be alive today. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why hearing, hearing oh. him starting at 18 in that context <laughs> No, it's okay. No, <laughs> we can we can cut this out. It's fine. I'll I'll start yeah. over when we. No, we're but no, we're good. We're good. We can keep it. Okay. We can keep it. Okay. This um, is this is real. This is real. Yeah. Um. No one ever had a more manic love of the outrageous and absurd. No one could ever make me laugh the way Richard could. A generation has grown up absorbing Richard's art. And I have to believe that every one of them is smarter, funnier, stronger, sillier, and more generous person because of him. And I full-heartedly believe that. That's right. I. I. Um. 
every year with Sesame Street rap party, uh, there is a cast member who best honors the generosity and spirit uh, and work of Richard Hunt and their actions on set. And they are given the Richard Hunt Spirit Award. And um, we know in 2010, the winner was uh, Leslie Carrara Rudolph, and it's uh, given every single year. Um, yeah, um, a, a lot of his characters uh, were recasted after his death. Um, most of them went to David Rudman, who worked with him for many years. David does a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, and uh, he and David were, were very close friends. They, they um, uh, th There's a story where they went to uh, the Hamptons together <laughs> in New York. Um, yeah. And um, so Be uh, Beaker, uh, Statler, and Sweetums were recasted. And uh, it wasn't until Muppets from Space that, that Scooter was recasted. And then Janice wasn't recasted until um, 2007, I think. 2007, 2008. Um, and now a lot of Richard's characters on Sesame Street have been returning lately. Uh, Gladys the Cow uh, has been recast by Jennifer Barnhart. Um, Forgetful Jones, Matt, performed him a few years back. Um, we have not seen a return of Don Music. Bring him back. Bring him back. I will play him in the live-action Don Music movie. <laughs> Just banging your head on a piano, like a, like a, I can do it. I have the potential. Uh, yeah, you definitely do. Um, Please wear a prosthetic forehead if you do. <laughs> a prosthetic forehead? <laughs> it's from the. It's from a. They might be giant song. Oh, got it, got it. Mm. But it seems fitting for this uh, role. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know if either of you want to talk about your own, uh, personal experiences about, uh, Richard and, uh, his life, but I, I do want to share a story about myself with, um, finding out that Richard was gay. Um, I grew up with not the best ideas about <laughs> gay people. And I had a lot of internalized homophobia, and um, I was very, very hard on myself. And um, I just thought I was the, the worst thing in the world, um, that I, I didn't deserve to live. And I was, what, eight when I thought this? <laughs> and um, I, I didn't really know anything about gay people accept oh i i guess i'm one of them and um my my first thought of of um i you know became a muppet fan i i didn't know that richard was gay cuz i i wasn't allowed the internet until middle school um so i i grew up loving uh his characters and um his singing and all these stories that I'd read in books and everything about him of how he was just a fantastic guy. 
<sighs> Sorry. Okay. And um, whenever I did find out uh, online that uh, he was openly gay and he was proud and very uh, open and happy about it, it something kind of just flipped in my head where I thought, oh, Richard, I, I you know, this, this guy that I uh, look up to and think he's, you know, one of the comedy geniuses uh, of of that era. He can't be bad because he's gay. And that sort of helped me realize I'm not bad because I'm gay. And um, Richard really helped me there. And I, I um, uh, have a, a fondness uh, to him because of that. And, and I... I've al I always loved his characters, even before uh, I knew he, he was gay. I just had a camaraderie with him. I'm very much a scooter. I'm a mixture of Prairie Dawn and Scooter. Of <laughs> I, I have to help. Um, and he, he saved my life, really. He did. I don't think I'd be here without him. I have a little one, which is, I didn't learn that Richard Hunt was gay until late 2010s or early 2020s. I was a huge fan of the Muppets growing up. Again, I talked about how I used, how I watched the first Muppet movie on YouTube when I was, like, in middle school. And during that time, I got a lot of my Muppet information through YouTube comments, which, not the greatest place, and none of them really mention Richard or his sexuality very much. I didn't ever really pick up on that. And then, again, my knowledge of gay people, again, not the greatest. I learned about gay people through family guys. So, you know, yeah, not the best. And I, when I learned that he was gay, I kind of made me realize that I... Made me realize a lot, and I just... It's hard to, com to comprehend it, but it made me feel... Like, I guess I wasn't alone that a lot of the historical figures that... I liked they could be just like me, even though, like, they probably may, may not have been able to talk about it at the time, or they're just not with us anymore for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, me, myself, I hate that I don't have any stories about Richard. Oh, it's fine. I never really learned about him until more recently in my life, but, like, Every time I hear a new story about Richard, it's just more of, I hate that he wasn't here longer, but I love what we got. Yeah. And he gave so much. But he was... it, it would have been so, it would have been great for just a lot of game up at Fantasy City in general and just everyone in general if he's still here. He was a generous, kind man, and he was hilarious, and he would upstage everyone and anything at any time, and that is my mantra, and that's what I do on this podcast. Sprout is quiet. Yes. Mary interjects, and I'm going to upstage everyone on this damn podcast. Good, <laughs> do for it. Richard, for him. Um, he, he was a, an amazing guy and i'm so glad that we get to look back on his work and his time on this earth 
and um he should he should be celebrated because I don't think he'd want to miss out about yeah he he doesn't get uh, as celebrated as much as he should. One last thing I want to bring up. Uh, Max Stein has uh, been a writer since the 90s, and uh, they're currently working on a biography uh, of Richard Hunt entitled Funny Boy, the Richard Hunt biography. And uh, they went to uh, Jim Henson archives and all these different places they've been interviewing uh all the performers and dave goals uh shouted them out i don't know uh their gender so that's why i'm saying they just in case uh because max is gender neutral uh uh, dave shouted them out uh i think it was either the the breda brothers podcast or a, a thing with tough pigs or something uh talking about how uh max stein interviewed them uh interviewed him for the biography and uh it's coming along and and they said in their latest blog update that they're looking for agents so they could sell the book and i cannot wait for it to be out and i cannot wait to buy it and love it and adore it we should they'll hopefully be able to find some agents yeah okay um is there we need to end on a high note uh with with richard because i i can't i can't be crying at the ending when i'm talking about a stupid muppet struggle okay can i can go first with my muppet struggle if that makes you feel better okay well before we do that um there was uh at the family at their family home in new jersey we had uh, peonies in the garden, and whenever Richard was over in England, uh, he didn't know when they would bloom, so he would be constantly calling up his sister, asking if the flowers had bloomed yet. And every day she'd go, no, they're not, and she'd get angrier and angrier. And then finally she picked up the phone without him asking. She went, yes, they're blooming. And Richard went to Jim oh. and said, I have to leave. And he got on a plane and he went to the family home to to watch the the flowers bloom. He he was a lover of of nature. There was a storm up uh, on Cape Cod and um, he he went and got up on the top of the roof and and watched the storm roll in, which was very dangerous, but very Richard. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, But just just so everyone know, we, we we love his work, and um, this is a time of celebration. And I'm sorry yeah. if we've made you cry, and I'm sorry <laughs> to my co-hosts for making them cry as well. It's okay. I'm good. I cried earlier this morning. I, I, I can't yeah. be hurt much, much more. <laughs> I'm used to it. After I get my first cry out, the others come easily. Okay. <laughs> Mary, do you need to talk? Mary, you good? A therapist? Possibly? Yeah. Okay, so we have a bunch of things from Muppet Fans talking of, like, putting our stake in the ground. We have, like, have Rod from Avenue Q have his own one-man show. Uh, Ricky deserves arm rods. Three, Mary get a therapist? <laughs> Maybe one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Not same. today. Um, four, this is my stake in ground for this episode. Scooter deserves a boyfriend. Get Scooter yeah, a boyfriend. 
He Scooter does. was is literally created to be a mini me of Richard. Let him be gay, Disney. Give him a boyfriend. Let him be gay. This could be your this could be your sixth first gay character. <laughs> this could this could be your tenth first gay character, Disney. Come on. The potential's there. Man. The potential. I mean, first it was the Cyclops, and then it was a character whose name literally trans uh is said to be the fool. And um all these gay characters. Yeah, there's like ten others. And you know, now it's Scooter. Come on. Come on, Disney. Let Scooter be gay. What? That's a- another stake in the ground of uh our proclamation. That's the stuff we're gonna change. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get into Muppet struggles. Right. My Muppet struggle of the week is that uh, Sprout was lovely and designed me designed a lovely Jim Henson June logo because I love saying Jim Henson June, and mm. I made it into a T-shirt and that T-shirt ju- and that T-shirt just came today, so there could be the potential of uh, Muppet fans talking merch in the future. Who knows? Ooh, I can't wait. Can I go next because mine also yes. has to do with this shirt? Yes, yeah, sure. I was gonna go last anyway. So. I don't know if you guys have checked the chat for our podcast, but right at the top of the episode, B messaged. Somebody took the image I designed off the picture you post- posted of the shirt and is scalping it. Now I block them. Yeah. Don't buy that Jim Henson June shirt because you're not going to get as good of quality. You aren't supporting the artist who made it. It's- it's literally, if you look at the scalped shirt, it's so blurry because they just took it off <laughs> of the picture you posted of the shirt. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it's so really bad. bad. Buy it from us. We want your money. We need it to live and eat food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're working on a few things. We're not going to yeah. just post a store and then only... Uh, and then only uh like just sell Jim Henson June shirts. We want to have at least yeah. a few pieces before we open yeah. up shop. I have a few ideas that I can't wait to share with you guys that I'm very <laughs> excited for. Um, uh, it's it's it'll be really exciting. Yes. Okay. So, uh, is that the end of your struggle? That's it. That that just blew my mind. That a design I made on a whim is being scalped. Oh yeah, that's happened to me before. Congratulations! It's the internet. It's your first scalping! Yay! Um, my Muppet struggle. It's not really a struggle. It's more of a Muppet win. I got some fan art, which is insane. Yes. Uh, at Starman's Art, made some fan art of whenever we did the episode of uh my version of the 2011 movie. Uh, he messaged me. I think the day after it came out it's like hey can i have some transcripts f- from your script and so i sent him a few scenes just not thinking anything of it <laughs> and then he got back to me now with uh some art of walter and fozzy during the scene uh, at the bus where Fozzie's is consoling walter about his um purpose in life and trying to succeed at being a muppet and it's so good and the hatch Richard already knows how much I love uh, Star Man's art on Twitter. His name is Richard. He already knows how much I love it. I I talked to him so long. The reason it's a Muppet struggle is because he posted it like 3 a.m. my time, and I was woken up by my phone like buzzing, cr- like crazy. 
was really good. It was really good art. It, it was really good. And I love it. And it's mine now. And I'm looking at it and it's the best. It's so I've, good. Getting art for words that I've written blows my mind. If I've if I ever get art for like any actual stuff I write, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass away. <laughs> I'm gonna explode into confetti. <laughs> Which is what all gay people do at the end of June, is we all explode into confetti and disappear, and that's why gays don't exist outside of, of June. <laughs> I mean that's what Gobo tells me, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh also you know, we're we're gonna have you know more Junes where we talk about other gay things and other gay performers and and designers and directors, etc. That have worked with the Muppets. We we just thought it would be best to talk about Richard as the first openly gay Muppet performer uh, th- this month. And we we hope yeah. you like this uh, really gay month that we've had. I had a lot of fun with it. I had I too. love Jim Henson June. I love it. I love it. Can't wait for it next year. Same. It's very fun. Um, do we have any favorite like moments from this month exclusively? I, I think a top highlight for me was saying that Gobo exploits the doozers, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very strong moment from for me personally. Mm-hmm. I okay. It, it has to do with the podcast, but my favorite thing is whenever my mom was listening to the first uh, episode talking about uh, or whichever episode the one where we're talking about Muppet head cannons and we talk about dog lion and she pauses the episode and she was like I don't know who dog lion is so I had to explain who dog lion was because I didn't have my phone on me to like show her a picture of it Uh, and then she she got it and she went oh I know dog lion and then she played the episode I just loved how she's like oh yeah I know him love Um, that so so that was my my favorite part and uh, also getting to Talk with my two very good friends and and be Uh, gay and happy. Yay. I loved it. Yeah. My favorite also is off screen. I kind of like where we just goof off before recording. That is fun. We do that a lot. (laughs) We do that a whole lot. I th- we start we did put off this recording much longer than we did with the other ones. Like sometimes it's like yeah. 10, 20 minutes. This one mm-hmm. was a full hour before we started <laughs> recording. We weren't ready. We were, we're not, not ready. ready. We knew what we, was coming. We, yeah, we put it off for as long as we could. Um, but this is a celebration. Thank you for editing this out. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for editing this. We You're love welcome. you dearly. I will need <laughs> more issues later. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's um, okay. Rigby's here currently. A... She'll be here later. Uh, Rigby is Sprout's cat, for the yes. people who don't know. My therapy pet. I love her dearly. Yes. Right. Um, Anything so else we want to add? Um, this has been a, a celebration of Pride, and um, this episode specifically a celebration of Richard and how uh, amazing and fantastic he was. Uh, and I want to say thank you to my co-hosts for uh, being so amazing and fantastic as well and uh, allowing me to talk about one of my favorite performers for however long we've been doing this. You two literally let me spout out about Bert and Ernie for a whole episode. So. That was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, my mind, 
I like to go listen. I don't like to listen back to my voice, but that Bert and Ernie episode I've listened to twice because I liked it so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Are we good? Are we I done with this? I think All right. Uh, let me just do some closing. I would like to thank uh, Dennis at Turning to Stone on Twitter for doing the intro a Scooter and the outro is Gonzo for the podcast. And I'd also like to thank at FireFerret93 on Twitter for doing our cover art and our uh, header on Twitter. And then uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can follow us at Muppets underscore talking. We do not have Instagram or any other social media. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at uh, Muppet Mulaney. You can follow me on any social media at Nerdy Maria Mania. And you can follow me on Twitter at Palpoose Brown. Right. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your Jim Henson June. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Gay rights. Gay rights. Yay. And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this.